0: It's here, Jacques. I got it. Here's the package. Well, you can't see it, but, um, well, for the listeners who might not know what we're talking about, Jacques recently sent me a game because uh, we had a little bit of a, uh, an issue with the previous uh, surprise mechanic. Uh, I can't remember which episode it was. It was four. Right, Jacques?
1: Uh, yes,
0: I believe it was four. There was a uh, uh, question and answer game we were doing. One of the questions was about Fallout Shelter. Do you remember the exact wording of the question? I don't want to word it wrong.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I, I asked you, "What is the highest selling Bethesda game?"
0: It's it's a whole thing, you know. What? Just go back and listen to episode four. You know, it's a great episode. You you get to the ending, you you'll hear what we're talking about. But we uh, let the fans or the listeners, you know, settle the little dispute we had, and the votes favored me. So um. He sent me a game. Now, originally, he was going to send me just like a digital game on Xbox, uh, Xbox One store, but I spiced up and told him, just get me any game on Amazon, under $20, doesn't matter what it is, just send it on over. So I have that package right here. It's been with me all day, haven't opened it, and I'm going to open it right now.
1: Yeah, let's do it. It's going to be a live unboxing on the air. Well, it's live for us right now, but by the time you hear this, it's not going to be obviously.
0: All right, Uh, so it's an Amazon Prime package, Uh, you know, just a simple white bubble mailer. It's nothing fancy, but, you know, gets the job done. Now, I'm feeling it right now, and I think I know what it is. It feels like a PS3. Well, it feels like I know it's a PS3 game. I can feel it. It's not Switch, because Switch has very thin cases. But I guess I'm gonna find out now. If it's too loud, I'm going to, well. I'll fix it in editing. But so I'm gonna actually open this right now.
1: Don't cut yourself, Mike. I mean, you've definitely cut yourself before when you did unboxings on uh, your YouTube channel.
0: That is true. But that's clamshell packaging. Some of those action figures are just. I don't really want to get into that. NECA used to annoy the hell out of me when they put the figures in clamshell packaging. They don't really do that anymore. They put a lot of their stuff in cardboard boxes, and I appreciate that. Anyway, all right. So I'm looking in the package right now. I see Red, so that's got to be a Greatest Hits game. What is this? Oh, okay. Red Dead Redemption, Game of the Year edition. I've been wanting to play this again. Like, I've been thinking about this game a lot recently. I don't think you have that one, do you? No, I don't have this one. I don't even have a digital copy of this on, on the uh, Xbox One, so... Oh, wow, this is awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, no problem. And it is the PS3 version, by the way.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, definitely. It's got the Greatest Hits case. You know, it's all red, uh, which it looks really nice with this game, because, you know, the game's called Red Dead Redemption. You got a red case and everything. I know there's a few PS3 collectors out there who hate the red cases. I'm not one of them. I think they look pretty damn cool. With the reason why they don't like it is when you, like, line up all the games on the shelf, you'll see some thread cases, like, like, sticking out like a sore thumb. That doesn't bother me, but some guys out there and gals, they're like, no, 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 we can't have that. But, uh, yeah, this is really cool. Now, the Game of the Year edition, it comes with, uh, oh, well, the main game, of course, Undead Nightmare, which is a great expansion. And, you know, it says the multiplayer, which, you know, it's probably some DLC stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to read all that. One thing I got to say, though, about this... Uh, box art the back of it very generic it's just all white text that's it there's like no pictures there's nothing i mean well it's got all the you know the the rating and you know uh, you know the the resolution it says this goes up to 720p yeah and all that but it, it's pretty ugly in the back the front is awesome love the the artwork on here but uh you know the back not not doing it for me not doing it for me but this is really cool thank you so much i'm 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 glad uh, I I won that little uh, thing we had. <laughs> I was thinking about picking this up too, so thank you so much. Let me put this. Yeah, down. you're
1: totally welcome. Um, and you, you earned it. Yeah, I just figured that was a game where it's it's essential to have in your collection. So I, I didn't see it the the pics of your collection you sent me. I didn't see it in there, so I thought it was a perfect fit.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely gonna play this game. It's uh at some point. I don't know when but it's definitely on my list like it's it's high up for my ps3 games uh, yeah cuz i know it's long but i'll make time for it because i've been wanting to play this game for a while now and i haven't played it since wow well, probably since it came out which was around 2010 i think
1: i'm actually curious how it holds up now i mean i know it's still going to hold up but i'm curious like how it plays and feels 'Cause you know, there was such a sizable leap when it came to the second one. Yeah. That came out, uh when did that come out? Like twenty nineteen? Red Dead Two?
0: Yeah, I think it was two years ago. Yeah. I can't believe it's been two years. Shit.
1: And then with Undead Nightmare, that's that's an amazing
0: DLC, so it's like a whole other game.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really is.
0: I, I know on the Xbox Series X they actually put out a four K patch for this. And they, oh, really? they upgraded, yeah, some of the textures and shit. I remember uh, Rich from uh, Review Tech USA. He was talking about it. And he was saying like, "This this looks amazing. Like it's it's a beautiful looking game now." And I saw some footage of it over at Digital Foundry. I think just wow. Yeah, you can also play this on the Xbox One X if you don't have a Series X or a Series S, so uh, you're not going to be left out. Yeah, I'm very curious uh, how this is going to look on the PS3. So. I will uh, let you guys know at some point.
1: It's essentially the, the original version, because I don't think the game of the year had any upgrades or anything other than the DLC. Correct. That's yes, cool. I'm going to put
0: this right on my shelf right now. Actually, well, not right now. I'll just toss it on the pillow over here. That's that's too far away. I believe this also comes with a really cool poster inside. So yeah, yeah. That I think that's a standard for most Rockstar games. I remember GTA 4 came with a poster.
1: Yeah, it's usually like they have the map on it, the yes. map of the game. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I like that they do that.
0: So, I, I guess we can just, you know, start this episode. You ready, Jacques? Yeah, let's do it. Now we're doing something a little different this episode. You probably uh, already figured it out, because I'm still talking. Yeah, that's right. I'm I'm in the driver's seat today. That's right. It's going to be a dumpster truck on fire, probably, but, you know, we'll <laughs> see how it goes. Uh, yeah, Jacques wants to take a little bit of a break, and I need some practice. There could be some episodes where I have to jump in the seat. But yeah, uh thanks guys for tuning in to another episode of the Boundless Gamers podcast. We really appreciate all of you every week that tune in because there's so many podcasts out there and you uh take out the time, you know, to listen to us once a week and uh we really appreciate that. And we would really appreciate it if you, you know, check out our social media pages, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and that's at Boundless Gamers. See I remember this time, Jacques? Yes, you did. Good job. I'm sure they could figure it out, but you have to say it, I know. Please follow us, you know, leave comments on one of these things, you know, whichever one you prefer, because we read everything. Jacques reads most of it. If you comment on Instagram, that's me. But if you you know, you comment on Twitter and Facebook, Jacques's gonna be replying to you.
1: Yeah, I have no life, so I just I just sit there and reply to people.
0: messaging the uh stargate uh network team uh you were telling me about the statistics recently for our show and uh you want to talk about that real quick
1: yeah so like after i told you about that so there's the you know we talked about their game on the podcast stargate network there's these devs in france and um i just heard a car go by cool thanks for that (laughs) flip them off
0: hey wait there it is again well you got time stick your hand out the window
1: that, that one actually re- reverberated through the ground. So they need to get their, uh, they need to get a better muffler. Um, anyway. So yeah, they, uh, these, uh, French developers, small team are making this fan game for Stargate called Stargate Network. And, um, I just tagged them on Twitter for the episode that we talked about it and they liked it. And right after that, I noticed in our statistics that we had one download in France. And I was like, well, I mean, it stands the reason that it was them.
0: It's definitely got to be them, yeah.
1: So if, uh, you know, you out there, you developers that made that game, if you're listening to us right now still, uh, we appreciate that for, for staying and not just, you know, totally realizing that this is a dumpster truck on fire, like Mike said. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to stop talking now and let Mike get back to hosting.
0: Now, one thing I want to mention real quick is that the... uh now, I think we mentioned this in the last episode, but it's still going on. The PlayStation Indie sale. It ends June 18th, guys. Make sure, you know, to check out the sale. See if there's anything you want. And uh, grab it, if you got the money.
1: They'll still have, like, maybe six days left, I think, if my math is right. They'll have enough time by the time this is posted. And I do want to recommend one game, and that is the Limbo Inside Bundle from Playdead. <sighs> It's only so seven dollars, so you have no excuse not to go check it out. Both are amazing
0: games. Wow, seven dollars, man! That's that's just you. You can't get any better than that. Well, I, well, of course you can get better than that. You can get it for free, but you know I recommend supporting those devs because they make some awesome games, and I love Inside. I, I had a blast with that. I, I think I played it on um, on Xbox One a while back. I, I beat it in one sitting. That's how much I love it. Fantastic game. Go check it out.
1: They're short games, they're they're puzzle platformers, side scrolling, uh cool little stories, very strange and creepy too. So yeah, go go check them out.
0: Yeah. Limbo's been around for a long time, but still a great game. And uh like we always say on this podcast, you know, it's always it's always good to go back and, you know, check out some old games that you might have missed because you could find some hidden gems. So there's a lot of great games out there. So yeah, check out Limbo. If you haven't played that one yet.
1: You know, Limbo was actually one of the earliest Xbox arcade games. That's right. Yeah. Now it's just like, you know, the indies are all over the place They're So it's not, they don't really need to make a huge deal with the whole Xbox arcade thing. But it was cool for the time because, you know, it introduced a lot of people to indie games. And um, yeah, there was other ones too at the time, like uh,
0: Castle Crashers, if you remember that. I played that recently. Uh, it was a like. Ex- well not recently, it was like five, six months ago, and uh I was like, Oh man, Castle Crashes, I remember this. I used to love this game and then I started playing it, I'm like Yeah, my gaming tastes have changed. Still a good game, but just didn't keep me there for too long.
1: Uh speaking of early indies on Xbox, I just wanna give a quick quick shout out to Castle Miner Z and Sean will know exactly what I'm talking about. The the best dollar we ever spent
0: I'm glad you actually brought that up, because I was just going to mention that one section on the 360 store where you could just buy a dollar games. Remember that? Yeah. They had a name for it. I can't remember the, the name, but it was re- it was kind of buried in the store. But if you dug in there and, and looked for it, 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 there was this big section of one dollar games, and that was one of them. And um, there was also some uh, other Minecraft knockoffs you could uh, purchase. And we, we did buy a couple of them, actually. I really missed that, though. That, that was... A cool uh thing to have on the store remember that one game where you, it was that really janky board game where you can play with the avatars
1: oh yeah yeah it was sort of like a mario party ripoff but i thought it was pretty fun
0: before we uh get into uh, what we're playing i real quick i just want to mention um we already recorded in episode six and uh something happened it's, it was on my end the uh audacity uh programming that's where we uh that's where I do the editing, and it's where we record our audio and all that. It wasn't synced up with my uh, main microphone. It was using the microphone on the laptop, and uh, yeah, it sounded like a drive through window at a fast food place, so we had to completely scrap the episode, and it was such a damn shame because there was some good shit in there. Had a really good intro. We talked about, you know, the 1982 Thing movie. By the way, go watch it. Still awesome. Holds up. I feel really bad. Usually Audacity picks up the main mic and it, it makes that the default microphone, but for some reason this time it didn't do that and I didn't double check it. So that's on me. So, here we are.
1: Yep. <laughs> I like, uh I made Mike host as punishment. So, so this is uh this is actually episode 6 uh part 2 or B.
0: We could have just, you know, not mentioned it and just did this episode and you would never have known. But, you know, we like to tell you guys what's going on with with us, you know. We want to tell you the good, the bad, all that. This was one of those bad moments, and uh, I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jacques.
1: No, it's, you know, it happens. It's okay. But don't let it happen again, because if you do, the audience is going to decide your punishment next time.
0: Oh, God, no. Don't even dare threaten me with, like, Final Fantasy Thirteen or some shit.
1: Tell us, what else don't you want to play, Mike?
0: Uh, Yeah, I better shut up now because I'm going to be suffering later. And when the audience starts suggesting us games, which we're going to get into that in a little bit. But right now, we're going to go into what we're playing. And um, we've been playing a lot of Mass Effect still. I just platinumed Mass Effect 2, it's platinum 118. I'm super hyped to get the last platinum in this trilogy. I'm getting, you know, because I'm playing three right now, but I'll get to that in a sec. Uh, but yeah, still up. Mass Effect 2, amazing ending. It's it's still a fantastic game. I love all the companions in it. There's a lot of great upgrades. You know, with the combat, the upgrade system, which I talked about uh, last episode. You know, just go check out that episode, and you want you'll hear my thoughts there. Just one thing I want to mention though, real quick. The hacking mini games can go to hell. There's way too many of them. They're not bad hacking mini games. It's just that they're always there open the door you got to hack you got to want to open up this terminal you got to do another hack you got it's just it's there's too much of it and that frustrated the hell out of me
1: i will say mike though if you want to increase the difficulty of the hacking um just uh, take some edibles, because that certainly worked for me. Because there was a time when I was trying to, you know, because you go through these, there's like the sequence, these sequences of whatever, like writing data on the screen, you have to match three in a row as it's scrolling. So for some reason, uh, well, the reason is I was high. So it was scrolling. (laughs) And I just, I kept getting it wrong over and over and over. You know, when you're just you're getting something wrong, you're just like digging yourself a deeper hole you can't get out of. It was it was like that. So, yeah, go, uh you know, smoke some weed or something if you want to make it harder.
0: All right. That's uh Jacques' tip. If you can't stand those uh, minigames, grab some edibles. It makes it a little bit better.
1: Yes, yeah, it's the pro gamer move.
0: But yeah, Mass Effect 2, I just, I can't get enough of it. And of course, I kept my romance with Liara, but it glitched. They've just actually patched this recently, thank God, uh, in their recent patch. You can go read the patch notes. I'm not going to read it here. It's a long list. Uh, But the uh, romance uh, achievements are a little buggy, especially with Liara. It didn't ping the trophy for me uh, when I hooked up with Liara again. So towards the end of the game, I had to hook up with Thane just real quick just to get that trophy. Then I went back to my previous save because I saved right before. That moment because you know, I gotta stick with Liara, can't cheat on Liara, gotta keep that going throughout the entire trilogy. Uh, but yeah, I was able to get the, the, the trophy, and then now everything's all good now. So I'm sure some of you uh, had that. Well, maybe not some of you guys listening, but some of the community definitely had that issue as well. So it sucks, but hey, at least it's fixed now. There's only like two trophies that were having glitch problems, and there was that one. And then the other one was uh, counting your kills. I think some people were having trouble unlocking the 2,000 kill one, the final kill total. I didn't have any issues with it, but there was reports of people not unlocking it, so they fixed it. I will go into Mass Effect 2 more after uh, Jacques beats the game.
1: Uh, yeah, so I'm about 14 hours in, and yeah, I'm loving this game. It's it's I think it's such a marked improvement over the first one. Now, of course, there's little minor things that I prefer in the first one. I think I'm in the minority when I say that I actually prefer the combat in the first one. I, I There's something about the, the cover, like hitting a button to take cover. At least in this game, I just don't like it. It feels wrong. And um, I also just like the, the, the gun mechanics in the first one better. I, I really uh, can't defend it, but that's how I feel.
0: So... Do you like how it feels like the weight of it, or is it it because it's not the ammunition reloading system? What's making you favor the first games shooting mechanics?
1: I don't really think it has anything to do with the overheating versus the the ammo in the second one. It's just more of a feel. You know, like I said, I can't really defend it. Maybe it's just because I was OP in the first one, and I just enjoyed, like, fucking people up more. I think uh, (laughs) 2 is maybe slightly harder.
0: Oh, you felt like a Jedi in the first game.
1: I think I really liked how they did the upgrades on the guns too, like where you had the mod slots because they take that away for this one. They did change a lot of stuff for the combat from one to two. Now, I know you had mentioned that the, the, as far as like the upgrades and stuff, there is still a lot there, but they've just kind of um, distributed it around in different areas. Mm -hmm. The intro to Mass Effect 2 is fucking amazing. It's just epic. It feels like a an action sci fi movie, you know, where you're just like, oh yeah, we're back with the gang, cool, everything's going good, and then it just goes horribly wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, it goes to hell me, like right out of the gate.
1: It turns into a disaster, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? And you're, and it takes you a little bit to uh, kind of get your bearings, and it's um, it's really intense, and uh yeah, I just I really love it.
0: So is that all you have to say about Mass Effect Two? You got anything else to, to share, Jacques?
1: Uh, just you know that I really like the the recruiting missions. Uh, I think that is such a cool part of Mass Effect Two. I, I really enjoy yeah. all the missions. It's something about um, yeah. It just feels like a you're like in this action sci-fi movie, and you're just like going around trying to recruit people for like a heist or something. You know, it, it feels cool.
0: Have you recruited uh Kasumi and Zahid yet? Those are the DLC characters for Mass Effect Two.
1: Yeah, I got both of them.
0: Okay, what do you think about Kasumi?
1: Uh, she's cool. She kind of reminds me a little bit of Tally or Tali, not not necessarily personality wise, but just like she has that hood up over her, and um, yeah, she's cool though. She's kind of like the little like you know thief uh, who's always listening to everybody. It's kind of cool how you can go back to her on the Normandy and just get like uh her her feedback on what she's been hearing around the ship, gossip, and things like that. So. Yeah.
0: I'm sure you've noticed this. When you go talk to Zahid and Kasumi on the ship, it doesn't go into those close-up, uh, fancy cutscenes uh, conversations.
1: Yeah, it kind of caught me off guard, because I was like, oh, so there's like no cutscene with these people? Um, no dialogue options? But you can keep hitting the talk button like over and over and they'll say different sentences so you can kind of have a conversation but it's just differently worked um you know they'll say a few lines and then eventually they'll just
0: be like okay like i'll see you later Shepard," or whatever uh do you prefer sr2 normandy or sr1 there's a decent amount of people that that prefer the first normandy which i don't i don't get i mean it's a beautiful ship and all but the second one just has you know more levels you can go visit and shit and you know you got your uh, quarters up on the top floor i don't know i i think sr2 is you know the far superior ship but what do you think Chuck?
1: i would say sr1 is easier to navigate only because it's smaller but sr2 is probably my favorite because it looks way cooler there there's more stuff to do and it, it makes more sense too with like where everything is placed so yeah sr2
0: Well, we'll get into Mass Effect 2 more, you know, once Jacques beats the game and you know, we'll have a little bit more of a conversation. No, no what we're probably going to do is, you know, once we beat the trilogy, um we're going to deep dive into it. We're really we're going to really get into the 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 Mass Effect, you know, trilogy lore and uh we'll probably talk about and- Andromeda too. You can't ignore that that heaping pile of shit that's over there. Sorry if there's Andromeda fans listening to this. I just wasn't a fan. Sorry.
1: Yeah, well, we'll get to it. And we'll also discuss the upcoming Mass Effect during that and the kind of our hopes and dreams for it and what we think the story
0: might yep. entail. We have some theories about the, the next Mass Effect game. We'll, we'll get into that once we finish off the trilogy. Anyway, uh, so the next game <laughs> that I've been playing with, well, it's, it's Mass Effect again. So, you know, I'm just going to briefly talk about it. it's Mass Effect 3. I'm about 14 hours in R- right away. I just want to mention I was completely wrong about the conversation system being stripped down because 10 years ago when I played this game, I, I said that to like everybody. Oh man, they ruined the conversation system. You, There's not many choices. You can't, you can't pick this. You can't pick that And you're so limited your options. No, that's not true. I was dead wrong and I'm happy I was wrong. There's still lots of different branches and. And multiple different choices you can have in a conversation. You can sit there for a while and talk to him. So I don't know what the hell I was thinking back then. Yeah, the story, I'm I'm really liking it. The ending is what really bothered me. And uh, with this Legendary Edition, it has the extended ending. I know that's a little bit better than the original ending. But I don't know. I, I even had a problem with that back in the day. But I'm playing through this trilogy again. Maybe I'll have a different opinion when I finish it all. We'll see. But earlier today, I finished the uh, the Citadel uh, Shore Leave expansion, Jacques. Oh, you did? My God. It's awesome. Well, I haven't played the other expansions yet in three, but this is probably the best one. Guys, you got to play this. It's so damn good. And there's still more I can do in it. Like There's still a lot more. I, I can't say what it is, but there's more I can do. And I, I can actually leave and come back and do it uh, later. So that's what I'm going to do. Funny thing happened, Chuck. I triggered this uh expansion um, kind of by accident. I just picked a random thing on the um, the galaxy map, and I, I didn't realize it was the expansion. It was just like, "Oh, come Captain Anderson wants to talk to you. Go here." I was like, "All right." And then, but once I went there, I was locked out. I couldn't go back because I didn't save it, you know, before going. Mm, so I was yeah. like, "Oh shit! I got to do this whole expansion now," which kind of sucks because I don't have all of my companions yet. I don't have tally yet. Oh, that does suck. Guys, be careful. If you see that mission that says, oh, go Captain Anderson wants to talk to you in this apartment or whatever it was yet, yeah, don't do it because you want to leave this expansion like at the very end of the game, like right before the Reaper fight. That's when you really want to play this.
1: Okay, I'll keep that in mind.
0: This is a fantastic expansion, though. Like I had a blast and it's the longest one of the ones I played.
1: Something similar happened to me in the first Mass Effect. Um it was like I stumbled into a DLC without even realizing it. And I can't remember the name of the DLC, but it was the one with the Batarians. It's like a uh, asteroids like about to crash into a planet called Terra Nova or something and you've got to prevent that. But um yeah, it was pretty cool. But yeah, it's like you stumble into it and you're like, "Oh, this cuz I was wondering. I was like, I don't remember Batarians being in the first Mass Effect. So be careful, guys. Like, uh, make sure you. Car. Oh, my God. These cars going by. Man, we got got
0: cars this episode, man. They know. The moment we start recording, it's like, all right, everybody line up. Let's go. We're going to pass the house, you know, every two minutes.
1: It's probably like the same car, too, just fucking with me, like driving back and forth. (laughs) So. Anyway, though, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, just keep your eye on the DLCs when you play these to make sure that you don't accidentally stumble into an important one, because it's okay if you stumble into some. But um, like Mike said with Citadel, you probably want to wait till you recruit everybody in Mass Effect 3 and go to that rate right before you do the final mission.
0: Yes. Remember that, guys, please. All right, I guess that's enough of the uh, Mass Effect talk. We'll talk about it more in uh, the next episode. But uh, the next game uh, that I've been playing is uh, Retro Mania Wrestling. Now, me and Jacques just share played this just two hours ago, right before the podcast. So uh, it's fresh in our minds. And well, I've been playing it for a while, but this is the first time Jacques experienced it. So I can't wait to hear his thoughts. But yeah, you know, it's a, uh, a sequel to the 1991 WWF WrestleFest game, that arcade game. I don't know who made that. It's something of Japan. I, I I don't know the full name of it. I would guess, like, maybe LJN? No, it wasn't LJN. Wait, do I have it written down here? Let me see. Uh, Technos of Japan. Okay, there you go. It's got some old-school wrestlers in it, some modern guys. It plays like a, like a Sega Genesis game. What do you think of uh, Retro Mania wrestling, Jack?
1: So... I think that I like everything about it except the actual gameplay, and that is not necessarily the game's fault or the developers, because, I mean, they're just designing it just how the old ones were. That's how they were. Like, for back in the day when all you had is the Genesis and Super Nintendo, that was awesome. Like, I love those old uh, wrestling games like Royal Rumble and Raw and whatever else, but playing it now... After I've played like the 2K series and you know, whatever, Smackdown versus Raw and all these games, it's it is rough. It just does not hold up gameplay wise. Um, it's it's very janky, it's limited, it's it's not fun to be honest. Now, I will give it credit because I love the aesthetic of it, I think they did a real good job with that. And the characters look very cartoonish. I would compare them to, uh, do you know those old like mad magazine drawings with like the giant heads on the cover? And yes, yes, like, that's kind of what the characters look like. So it's yeah, very, uh, very cartoonish, which I like. And it's cool. They have like lots of, lots of arenas, you know, they have like the house of hardcore from ECW and, mm-hmm. uh, you can even wrestle in hell. <laughs> that's, that's one we did. Um, I wish they had more wrestlers to choose from because it's it's a weird assortment of wrestlers. I'll say that.
0: Yeah, you got Zack Ryder, you got Animal uh, Hawk, right? Says that his name?
1: Yeah, it's it's weird because you have some veterans like, yeah, the Road Warriors and, you know, whatever. Tommy Dreamer, like a lot of the ECW guys, Blue Meanie, S- Stevie Richards. But then you got like some more recent guys like um Zack Ryder and... They had Cole Cabana, so I thought that was pretty fucking cool, like old school indie wrestler. Um other than that, yeah, I mean I don't if you if you're a fan of those old wrestling games, I would say give it a try. Now the one huge, huge, huge downfall is this game is thirty
0: dollars. Yep, twenty nine ninety nine. That's uh that's not good. No, not for this game.
1: That is way too expensive for the for this game. Yeah, when you said fifteen dollars max, that is probably reasonable. I would go even maybe ten dollars, but I'd say you know fifteen is okay because the devs
0: do need to make some money yeah that that's that's a tough bargain for me if you see this game on sale for you know fifteen bucks or less and you love wrestling games and you and you played all those old school wrestling games back in the day I'd say check this out you you might you might enjoy it I mean it's a nice trip down memory lane and it's got some easy trophies in it, so you trophy hunters out there you are gonna have fun with this one I think uh six percent of the players have the platinum so not that hard i think there's maybe two or three grindy trophies and that's about it so i'm pretty close to platinuming it but i think that's about it for that game uh jacques do you have any other game do you want to talk about or is that a uh well
1: uh i don't know do you think this is a good spot to do my first 15 minutes of game segment
0: yeah yeah what you've what you been playing
1: yeah so um as I said last week, uh, I'm introducing a new segment called "15 Minutes of Game," where I pick a random game, play it for 15 minutes, and then decide if I want to continue playing it or not. and And then I'll talk about it on the podcast and give it a yay or nay, and you know, recommend it or don't recommend it. So, uh, so yeah, I, my first one is I went on Game Pass, hit the surprise me button, which randomizes a game. Uh, it popped up. A game called Morkred, M-O-R-K-R-E-D-D. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. Hold on, let me, let me check up the, uh, look up the developer real quick, because I do want to give them some credit.
0: I was looking at some of the gameplay footage for this game, and it looks pretty damn cool. And it's very weird and unique. Yeah, I, I was impressed, and uh, so impressed that I'm actually going to play this at some point. Like, it's it's on my list. Like, I'm going to get to it.
1: Yeah, so it's a, yeah, it's like a three-hour game, T.O.P.S., and it's by an indie developer called Hyper Games, and it actually, I believe it just released uh, in 2020. And it's actually funny, because in the credits, uh, they when they're going through all the special thanks, after all that's over, they're like, and, and we don't thank, or no thanks to 2020. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's got like an isometric top-down camera, and it's I would say it's like a physics-based puzzle game. If I had to compare it, I would to other games. I would say it's probably a br- like Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons meets uh Fall Guys, but more specifically the event Rock and Roll in Fall Guys, where you have teams and they push the giant ball. Yeah,
0: don't remind me. That's a pain in the ass playing with teammates. Yeah. Everybody's got to be on the same page in that mode. If you're not, yeah, you're going to be dead last every time. And
1: it's similar here. Like it's now, it is this is a, it could be played single player or co op. I played it single player. So it's like a brothers in the sense that you, there's two characters and you're controlling one character with one stick and you're controlling the other with the other stick. So. For me, who was not a good multitasker, uh, it was very difficult to learn at first. And I did get frustrated for the first maybe 20 minutes, and I did contemplate quitting. But I said, no, I'm not going to let this game beat me. I'm going to stick with it. And I'm glad that I did stick with it, because it actually is a really good game. So so what you do basically is you there's this giant light orb, and you have to roll this orb through the entire game. And there's all kinds of, like, uh, puzzles and environmental hazards and stuff throughout the game that you have to get through. And you will die a lot, especially early on when you're still getting the mechanics down. But it's okay because the checkpoints are pretty forgiving. So don't worry about that. Like, if you're being frustrated early on, just, like, push through. I really like the aesthetic, too, because it's... I don't know if it's, like, totally black and white. I think it's just... It almost seems that way because all the colors are very muted, but I think there's like some color in there. Yeah, so what this game does is it really plays with light and shadow. Because as soon as your characters go into the dark, you die like almost instantly. So you have to stay in the light, and your own characters cast shadows as well so what you kind of have to do is have each character stay on either side of the orb like even as you're rotating around you have to make sure to never cross in front of your partner's shadow because that'll kill you that was super frustrating too because a lot of times I would forget and I would accidentally cross into the shadow and die and I was not mad at the game I was mad at myself because I kept doing the same thing over and over knowing full well what was going to (laughs) happen But yeah, no, it's really creative how they they set up these puzzles with the the shadows and the light, and um, they they constantly keep evolving the gameplay, so they're always giving you new things to do. I think the the difficulty curve is pretty steady. It's never too it's challenging challenging, but it's never too overwhelming. Yeah, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like Limbo too, like with just the you know how it's like that game is black and white and. Um, also, I got some vibes of Alan Wake with the whole, like, you know, light light shadow thing.
0: Yeah, I was just about to mention that. I'm like, uh, that reminds me of Alan Wake, you know, stay in the light. When Thomas Zane's, you know, telling Alan, like, you know, follow the light, stay in the light.
1: It's It's got a very creepy, foreboding atmosphere. Um, I, I, I was sensing, like, some inspiration from H.P. Lovecraft. There's some things in there that when you play it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Hmm. Uh, I don't really know what the story is about. I definitely have ideas, but I don't. I don't really want to say because I don't want to like you know spoil anything or give anything away. I'll just let you play and decide. There's not like an overt story, but there's kind of em- environmental story storytelling as you go through. There's these paintings. I believe there is. I forget the exact amount. I want to say there might be like twelve paintings throughout the game, and some of them are you find along the way, but some of them you kind of have to go a little bit out of your way. You know, you can go in the menu as you unlock them and basically the paintings will give you an idea of what the story is. So if you want to do that, you can do that. And, um, yeah, uh, and also I want to mention too, mechanics wise, so you can hit a button to switch, which stick controls, which player, which at first I didn't, I was like, okay, why is that there? But then as you go on, you realize quickly why it's there because it helps you orient yourself because as you're going to be moving the characters all around. So, um, you know, say if you have the one character you're controlling with the right stick and you have to move them all the way to the left side of the screen, it could be confusing for your brain. So you want to hit that button to switch it. So now he's being controlled with the left stick. So you understand what I'm saying? I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay, cool. So you can play this game as a podcast game. I didn't because I actually enjoyed the ethereal sounds in it, but like I said, it's three hours tops um there's there's no actual like voice acting or anything like that. It's just like a little bit of you know soundtrack in the background How's the music i mean it's pretty good it's uh it's pretty subtle, like I said, just kind of ethereal sounds very creepy and foreboding and okay yeah, I don't really know how to explain it
0: yeah i I'm gonna play this. I need to play more short games, uh, especially once I'm done with Mass Effect. These quick little short indie games is just its just what you need sometimes. It's good for the gamer soul.
1: Yeah, I agree. I love indie games. Like, I'm trying to actually play... I play a, a decent amount, but I'm trying to play even more now with this podcast because I want to... Uh... Give recognition to a lot of these indie devs that work hard because they deserve it because you know a lot of people don't play indie games it's crazy like they'll no. only play maybe a few games a year they'll play Call all of the-
0: Duty Madden GTA yeah that kind of stuff
1: which is fine yeah you know, not if that's what that. you want to do but man there, there's a lot of hidden gems out there and a lot of these games are shorter, too, so it really doesn't take a big commitment, so and I don't see any reason why you wouldn't, and especially with services like Game Pass now, where there's tons of indie games on there, and like I just said, like I just did with this segment, you can hit a button that says Surprise Me, and it will just randomize an indie game if you're not sure what to pick.
0: So you can do that in Game Pass? I thought you can only do that in your games library.
1: Uh, no, you can do that in Game Pass, too.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I'm actually going to experiment with that. It's probably gonna give me something I don't want to play, but
1: well, you don't know. You don't know if you'll like it or not. You don't know if you don't want to play it.
0: Yeah, but what if it lands on a JRPG? I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I can uh, dedicate time to that.
1: Well, you can always uh, you know I always plug the how long to beat dot because if you're. Not sure how long a game is. You can just go on there, check out, you know, a rough estimate of how long it is. It's not going to be precise, but that'll give you an idea going forward. Uh, you know, if you're looking for a short game, you can see how long they are and uh, choose your next game accordingly.
0: Yeah, the last time I used that site, it was when we went through the Dead Space Trilogy. This was before, before our podcast launched. So, you know, we'll, we'll get into the Dead Space games at some point. But uh, yeah, you know, it told me, you know, how long each game was and yeah, it was very useful. Definitely go check out that site. I think uh that's probably it, yeah, unless you had more to say about the the game, Jacques. Is there anything else?
1: No, that's all I have to say. You know, just go check out Mork Red M-O-R-K-R-E-D-D.
0: Well, uh, I guess it's that time we uh get into the uh main topic for this episode. So uh I guess we can get that uh started right now. Um we're gonna actually talk about how we met in our a uh, Battlefront 2 clan days. We talked about it a little bit in our first episode, and when we said we we're gonna, you know, get into it at some point. Well, here we are; we're doing it right now. So, uh, I want to hear Jacques' uh, experience uh, with with all this. You know how how did you uh, find the, the the clan team that you're on, Cantina Social Outcast?
1: Well, first I have to go back a little bit before Cantina Social Outcast, which was okay. the clan that we were both in that we met through. So. The big game that we played was the original Star Wars Battlefront 2. So I picked that up because I played a little bit of the first one and I liked it. So I was like, okay, well, I'll pick up the second one. Um, And this was on the OG Xbox. And so Xbox Live was still pretty new. It had been out a few years, actually, because this was around 06. So I think Xbox Live came out in oh two, no, yeah, oh two, as we know, because it was one of the trivia questions I asked you, and you got it wrong,
0: yeah, I was off by a year, yeah, don 't remind me <laughs>
1: Xbox Live had been out for about four years, and yeah, so I was just you know playing by myself, uh, battlefront two um was already on Xbox Live at that point, and it was still fairly new, so i wasn 't really sure how to interact with people on there yet. And I just happened to uh, be playing on in lobbies and stuff on there, online, and I had some guy uh, approach me on there. I know this sounds like it's going to go some other place, a kid being approached by a guy on there. But uh, yeah, he was like, so I run this website called SonicArmy.com, where a lot of people compete on this game, and would you like to join a clan? And... Not the clan, not the KKK.
0: No, no, not that one.
1: <laughs> but uh yeah, so I was like, Yeah, sure, you know. Uh he seemed like a cool guy, and uh this and I realized later that Sonic Army was act that was actually one of the biggest servers on that, that game. They they were he always would host these huge like 32 player lobbies. So yeah, so we just um he started this team called Sleeper Cell, and he made me the captain of that. I really had no experience running a team, but, uh, you know, I just kind of went along with it. I think what he was doing is he was trying to make a bunch of teams and get them started to really drum up like interest for his website for these, these tournaments and stuff yeah. that he would do on battlefront. So yeah, I just, um, you know, I was competing a little bit on that team. You know, we sucked and <laughs> I was not that great, but eventually, um, just through, through competing somehow that led me to Cantina Social Outcast run by this guy named uh, Cat's Fry Baby. His real name was Ricky. Uh, we'll talk about him later. Yeah, so he just... He uh, he approached me, and much like the first guy, and asked if I wanted to join his team. Because I think I was already hanging out with some of those guys in that clan. And I was like, sure, yeah, I'll join you guys. Because I think my team was basically falling apart because there was little interest. I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, so I joined Cantina Social Outcast. And... The rest is history, as they say. I think I can, like, stop right here and kind of let you tell your side. Yeah, your intro into CSO.
0: Just real quick, I got to give a shout-out to the original Battlefront game, 2004. That's where it really started for me, because I used to rent that game a lot of Blockbuster before I bought it. I think I rented it, like, six times or some crazy shit like that. I was like, all right, I just got to buy this game. Uh, so, yeah, I played the hell out of it on there. I messed around with the online a little bit in that game, but... You know, I didn't do too much of that, but once uh, 2005 rolled around and Battlefront 2 came out, I was in love with it. It was just such a great third-person shooter, and, a, and with the Star Wars skin on it, I was just like, "Oh, I'm a, I'm I'm in love." I used to play it online a lot with uh, two or three friends. Um, it was usually just one one of, one of my pals most of the time, and we were just in a random room. It was on Camino. Good back and forth match, you know. Me and my friend were just destroying everybody in the room. We had one guy on our team who was, you know, you know, he was vocal and he was, you know, he was talking with us and you know he was like forming strategies. You know, okay, we got to take this base, we got to do this and that and that. And, you know, a lot of good chemistry was going on. And you know, towards the end of the the match, he was like, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm in a, a clan. We we play in league matches. You know, you guys should you know check out our tryouts. You know, we're looking for some new recruits." And I was like, "All right, cool." I mean, my friend was like, "Yeah, sure, let's let's do it." So eventually we got to those, you know, recruiting matches and, um, we, uh, we killed it. Me, uh, my friend, uh, what was his name? Um, I know his name name, but what was his, uh, gamer tag? It was the green giggler. That's it. But yeah, him and me, we just destroyed the room and uh, I believe Indy was there. Him and me are old battlefront buddies, but yeah, they, they said, Hey, you guys are great. We want you, you know, join. We did really good. So they stuck us in the starting lineup. I was the engineer. I eventually became like the best engineer, like in the league. I don't don't know how that happened. But but the funny thing is that they told me to play engineer because there was nobody on the team who wanted to be the engineer. So I was like, they're like, yeah, you got to. That's your class. You're going to have to make it work. And I just annihilated everybody. But yeah, the guy who recruited us, his name was uh, Dark Gifts. Um, His uh, first name, I believe, was Chris. Different Chris. This is someone else. He was really cool at first, but then some bad shit started to creep out let's just say he was he was going in rooms with uh younger players and he was saying things he shouldn't have been saying stuff like that me and uh george we both saw what he was doing and we reported him and all that yeah that's a whole other thing but yeah uh, the team i was on was called right wing conspiracy there was a lot of great guys there some of them I, i i still you know talk to frequently like george indy uh stratus a couple of other guys yeah, it was just a bunch of cool dudes, and uh, just, it sucks that Dark Gifts was doing this creepy shit in the background. Clan drama, we'll get into that in a little bit. We joined the Sonic Army League, you know, Shock was there, and you know, at some point, he probably killed me, I probably killed him, and all that.
1: Well, more than likely, you just killed me.
0: I don't know if I ever told you this, Jacques, but they tried to kick me out of the league. Why? because i wasn't dying and they thought i was glitching and they thought i was doing something i shouldn't have been doing so i had to go in a room you know with the guy you were just talking about he was there there's was a couple of other people they're like okay what are you doing like show us here's the trick guys if you're still playing this game <laughs> on pc I would throw a health pack out. It also had ammo too. I'd throw it out and I would immediately like roll into it. I would do it like really fast, like ridiculously fast. It wasn't a glitch or anything. I was just really quick with the controller. And every time I, you know, would lose health, I would throw one out roll on it real quick and boom, I'm at full health immediately again. Uh, And I just kind of mastered the class and people just had a hard time, like taking me down. So there, I had to show them that. And they're like, okay, no, you're not doing anything wrong. I mean, you're you're good. You're just really good at it. And I was, was able to stay. The whole RWC team had to like back me up to like to keep me on the team. It was it was ridiculous.
1: Don't lie, Mike. You know, I had like five hamsters going in wheels hooked up to your router.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, remember, I don't know who told me that. He's like, yeah, you probably have some crazy thing with like hamsters and your lag switching. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about?
1: <laughs> I would always like those, uh, you know, in the midst of a battle, you'd have those 1v1 engineer battles. When, and then uh, mm-hmm. you'd be just, like, circling each other, like, doing dodge rolls over and over, throwing out health packs. And, yeah, those were pretty fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, shout-out to Nikita and Snookum. In my opinion, they were the other two engineers that were kick-ass. They were really good. Like, if we were all on the same team and we're, all three of us were engineers, it was lights out. You're not getting the bases from us. There was a lot of drama towards the uh, towards the end of RWC. More things with Dark Gifts. It wasn't what I just mentioned. It was something else. There was some uh, problems with him and a teammate named Nurlock, who was, in my opinion, the best Battlefront player. It wasn't me. It was this guy. He didn't get enough credit. So we had an undefeated season, and then we got into the playoffs, and then uh, Nurlock came up with a lot of great strategies, like we could do this, we could do that, you know, we, we, we should pick these maps and have guys here and there. He did a lot of work. Gifts was the uh, team leader, and he didn't like that. So when the first playoff game started, and uh, Gifts submitted the what maps we were playing on all that, Gifts picked three maps we did not practice on. It was three of the hardest maps in the game. It was the one on, um, you know, Leia's uh, ship in the beginning of A New Hope, what's it called?
1: Tantive for
0: yes one of the hardest maps in the game that Giannosis and I can't remember the third one but it was another hard one was it Udapa yes it was, that, that's it it was dapa and we did not practice on these maps I'm just like what are you doing like like wh- wh- why did you submit he's like oh no I just I felt like doing that he was only doing it to piss off Nurlock so we played the f- the first match and we lost. And that pissed off Nurlock, and it caused a lot of drama. And then more things with Gifts started happening. They demoted GIFs for that. This is actually before the kids thing. We found out about that after this. Sorry. Jumbled it around. Um. So, yeah, he got demoted. He got pissed off. And then all of a sudden, like a week later, my account gets hacked. It's gone. And now one of our... uh, Members, one of the 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 clan leaders, Stratus. He actually he, he I don't know how he knew this, but he's like no, it was. It's Gifts. I know it was Gifts, and he he contacted him about it. And then a day or two later, Stratus's account got hacked. Gifts had something to do with it. I don't think he was smart enough to hack accounts, but he probably knew somebody who could do that. They
1: probably probably paid somebody to do it.
0: So yeah, he got kicked off the team, and then you know the team just kind of fell apart. And and CSL is like, hey. Cantina Social Outcast like, hey, you want to come over here, Mike? I was like, all right, yeah, okay. This is where uh, me and Jacques met. I'll throw it back over to you now.
1: So, yeah, once we were both in Cantina Social Outcast, we kind of got to know each other a little bit better over time. So let me just say, this clan was actually fucking humongous. Like, there was a lot of people in this clan. What would you say? Like, how many people do you think were in it?
0: There was probably close to 100, but very few were active.
1: Yeah, we had like all these little offshoot teams within the clan, like sub teams, a little small squads, if you will. Probably me and Mike were like put in the same squad at some point. And that's probably how we started uh, playing with each other more and getting to know each other. So yeah, we we would just compete on websites like Game Battles, which is like an offshoot of MLG Major League Gaming, and um, yeah, we'd compete on games like uh, Call of Duty, World at War, uh. Modern Warfare the first one, Modern Warfare 2, Left for Dead, uh Gears of War 2.
0: Yeah, we had a really good Left for Dead team.
1: Yeah, we were pretty good. Like we would uh we would wreck teams. Like we were because we would practice a lot and we were very coordinated. And we could play either survivors or special infected.
0: Oh my God, we wrecked as the infected. We could, we would literally like take down the team right when they're coming out of the safe room in the first chapter. Oh my God.
1: Yeah, we would because we would time it. We'd be like, okay, when they hit this point, whoever's the boomer is going to come out, slime them or vomit on them, whatever. Blind them, get this uh, horde on them, and then at the same time, we'll time one the hunter jumping on one person and the smoker ensnaring another person. And yeah, we would just totally get them confused, and
0: it would just be it would be over before they knew it. Always hunter the guy who gets boomed, because what happens is when the hunter's on that survivor, all you know, all of the normal infected come and you know go after that guy because you know the boomer spit on him. It, it forms kind of like a protective shield around the hunter.
1: Yeah, and it also draws the rest of the teammates to try to help that person.
0: Yeah, and then the smoker just, like, pulls one away, and then, yeah, it's just chaos, yeah.
1: Yeah, then they're like, oh, shit, we have to... have the what do we do? We have to help him, too. And, yeah, it's chaos. So, yeah, but by the time we were competing on, like, Left 4 Dead and Gears of War 2, the the clan was really not as active as they used to be when, you know, at the height of the battlefront two days. And it's it, it was kind of just... um Really, just like one squad competing, which was me and Mike
0: and some others. Yeah, we were playing on all the teams. I even had to play in like free for all tournaments for the Call of Duty World at War. I'm just like, geez. I got really exhausted towards the end. I'm like, man, I'm on like five teams. I'm playing like six, seven matches a week, and like everybody else is just like sitting back, you know, except for the guys on these teams. They're just like, oh yeah, okay, cool, you know, keep it up, guys. I'm like, no, you, you, you play. I'm tired. So yeah, eventually we
1: just kind of got tired of that. We're, we're like, w- what is going on here? Like, are we actually still a clan? Like, and not many people are competing. Anyway, you know, to skip ahead, um, we talked about Ricky, the clan founder. So there was some controversy where we had uncovered. So, so first, let me say there was this, like this account that people from the clan would put money into and donate to kind of help keep the clan running. Um, we had a website, and it, we would use it to buy clan members games that couldn't afford them, and things like that. You know, Mike had mentioned Snookum. She was really generous, and she actually had bought me an Xbox 360 without even telling me.
0: And she was paying monthly for that uh thing we were uh, saving for uh the members that needed it, you yeah. know.
1: Yeah, so she was mainly the contributor to that, and she definitely got taken advantage of by Ricky, because we found out that Ricky, well, his cousin, was using that money from that account to funnel it into his uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, like, it was a PC game or mobile game or something, he was funneling it into that addiction. It was not known to the rest of the clan, and so we, we brought it to Ricky's attention and i don't remember do you remember what happened after that
0: well just to go back a little bit we were in this like secret security like what was it called council security whatever it was basically just a few members that would go around and make sure everything was you know okay like there wasn't any weird shit going on people doing things that they shouldn't be doing and stuff like that like you said that we we discovered this um this issue with uh Ricky's uh, cousin We brought it to his attention, and he shut the whole uh, council thing down, the security though, immediately. We were doing our job, basically, and he's like, nope, nope, nope. Those were the uh, early uh, signs of this ship is going down.
1: And there was some other stuff, too, I should probably go back and say, because that that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back to where, you know, a few of us got together and said, like, let's quit this clan, like, this is BS. Ricky is, you know, two-faced, and he's lying to people and taking advantage of them. But there was also another incident, too, that really pissed me off with uh, another senior member called, uh, his name was Keep Trying. I had always gotten along with him before, but uh, for some reason, so it was one of our clan matches. We were in the playoffs, and this was back on Battlefront still, Battlefront 2. So I was not involved in this match. I was not supposed to be involved in this match. Um, I was kind of like a uh, reserve, I guess you would say. So, and at this point, I was a part of the leadership group. Um, I, we had like a council, we would actually all meet in the game in the actual Jedi council room on, um, uh, Coruscant.
0: I remember that. So we would all
1: be in game and our characters and have meetings and stuff as, so yeah. So I wasn't due to play in that match and keep trying. He was the captain for that match. So... You know, it comes around time for the match to happen, and I get contacted by the by some of the, the team members, and they say, uh, hey, like, keep trying, it's not here, what do we do? And I'm like, all right, well, uh, let me jump on and uh, talk to the other team's captain that we're competing against. So, I did that, and uh, the the guy, we were, I, I forget the name of the team, but the, the captain's name was Storm Shadow. He, he was kind of a little bit of an asshole, I think.
0: He was a prick. I I never liked him. I'm I'm sorry. He always gave me uh, problems.
1: So so the issue was that we would have had to forfeit because we didn't have enough players or we didn't have a captain or something like that. So I came on there and I started talking to him and saying like, uh, "Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I keep trying, hasn't showed up. So I guess I'm going to serve as the acting captain." And he said, "Okay." So we had the match and we lost because um, <laughs> we just weren't prepared. And also, too, I believe there would be some tournaments that would be team damage on and some that were team damage off. Our clan would typically play team damage on, um, which is the pro gamer move. But Storm Shadow was notoriously like a rocket whore and team damage off player. Like their clan would only do team damage off and just spam rockets at everybody at their feet. Didn't matter.
0: I remember this. Yeah. There were always just a bunch of rocket guys running around and like no skill whatsoever. Yeah, it
1: takes way less skill. So anyway, like, yeah, so we weren't, um, used to playing like team damage off. So, and then shortly after the match, uh, keep trying contacts me and he's like, you know, get all mad at me. Like, what are you doing? Like, you don't have the right to, to take over my team and stuff like that. And, and I was just like, well, why the fuck are you coming at me, dude? You ghosted, you no-showed this match as a captain, no less as a leader. (laughs) So don't come at me. Yeah. That kind of pissed me off really bad. And then later on, uh, all this shit happened with like what we just said about exposing Ricky and them funneling money and stuff like that. So, so that that was really the last straw. And I was like, yeah, let's just let's get out of here, man. This clan is dead. And uh, so yeah, we uh, we me and Mike and a few other guys left, and that was that.
0: That was a long time ago. Like what, two thousand seven is when we split from that clan. No, it might have been two thousand eight because Left for Dead was around. Two thousand eight was Left for Dead. So it was two thousand eight. That that was the year.
1: That sounds about right. Yeah. And and I still I still uh talk to like a few people from that clan. Like there's um Kate. You might remember her as uh, Rin Luna or Shotgun Rincess.
0: Great Gears of War player. She was probably the best one out of all of us at the time.
1: So she was like in one of the people in our clan like towards the end that was still competing. Lord Xanshin who has always been cool with me. He bought me Halo 3 and sent it to me without even telling me back in the day, and that was, I'll never forget that.
0: Yeah, I've always liked him. He was He's a cool dude. Yeah, his real name's
1: Sharif. He's hes really awesome. Like, he's a actually a martial arts instructor, uh, black belt, and yeah, just really cool dude. And then, let's see, Cole, I still talk to. Uh, he was Sergeant Payne. I always got along with him as well. Um, I know he rubbed some people the wrong way, but... He, he was young too. He was one of the younger members, so kids are immature, so you know it's gonna happen. There, there was a lot of young,
0: young players. I was fifteen when I joined. I was able to get away with it because that's when my voice got really deep. People were like, "You're fifteen? No way!" I'm just like, "Yeah, I'm 15.
1: <laughs> and I, I don't want to make it sound like sound like there was just a bunch of old people, like uh, leadership, like grooming young kids, because it was not like a dark gift situation or anything. No, no there there was all kinds of people in this clan like it was it was such a like multicultural multi multi age eclectic group of people so yeah don't get the wrong impression i did want to give a shout out to another important player during that time and that was uh, forts i i actually still am friends with his uh his daughter who Back in the day, like she would play with us too, and she was like super young, like I don't even know, like thirteen or something. But
0: yeah, but her father was there all the time. That was the right way. They they did it the right way. Yeah.
1: No, he was a good father. Yeah. Um, Michelle though, yeah, I still talked to her, and she's grown up, has a uh, the husband and kid now. But yeah, no, he was a good dude. Um, we kind of had a, like a little unnecessary falling out, like later on, like after the clan stuff online, just because you know i am an atheist and he uh was religious and he just uh, didn't like some stuff i was saying so but i hold no ill will towards him like he's he's still good he he's no longer with us though unfortunately he um so yeah, rest in right. peace but yeah i have no ill will I mean, he he was a good dude he he even ran his own uh little offshoot uh website for a while where he would host tournaments it was called for real gaming
0: yeah they played a lot of rainbow six big rainbow six fanatics <laughs> always had a good time with them you know when i was On their team or something. Because I I didn't play for a Rainbow Six team, but like sometimes I would be there, you know, for practice or something. Yeah, you were just saying, you know, how, you know, Bella played with her uh, father. You know, Indy's father used to play a lot of Halo 3 with us, which was just crazy. I was just like, oh man, wow, that's awesome. Like your father's like playing Halo with you?
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I always love when like parents are really involved with their kids' hobbies and
0: stuff. And he wasn't a bad player. I'd say he was like above average. He, He would, smack some guys around in the room and he didn't really play that much at least well maybe he did i I don't know but he didn't play like halo online that much and but when he did he wasn't bad
1: i I give him credit too because like as i'm getting older like i'm 36 now i'm seeing my skill levels steadily decline so to be able to still play at you know whatever age his
0: dad was at the time is pretty impressive when i get at that age i'm just probably going to be a sniper
1: That's why I always play support class now or, you know, the healer or whatever. You just kind of sit back and, like, help the rest of your team because it's like it's an easier position in a sense, you know, as it doesn't really require a lot of, like, up-close combat and stuff, but you're still helping out the
0: team. So, yeah, Jacques, that was a a fun uh, discussion. I I really like this topic. And and we have more stories. It's just, you know, we don't want to be here all night. So maybe we'll have a part two. If you guys want that, we'll get around to it, uh, you know, at some point.
1: It's uh yeah, it's fun to reminisce, and I was just thinking too if there's some way we could get indie on for a part two.
0: Oh, I would love that. That that'd be a great episode. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We gotta have something like that down the line. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't really have anything else to add to this right now, so I guess we can uh, move on to surprise mechanics. Now there might be some new listeners here, so I'm gonna have to explain what surprise mechanics is. Surprise mechanics is uh is, is uh, well. It's in the name, it's a surprise. We don't know what the other person is going to bring to the table. We're each going to bring something like interesting. It could be a, a topic, it could be a game, whatever. Like, we don't know. You know, Jacques has something, I have something. We haven't discussed it, and it's been really fun. The past few episodes have been great. There's some real gems, you know, go listen to them. Do you want to go first, Jacques, or do you want me to kick it off? Because I have a short one.
1: Yeah, sure. Go ahead.
0: Uh, Now, this surprise is for the listeners, because me and Jock, we really appreciate all of you guys who tune in every week. So I've decided to start a little small giveaway for you guys. I'm going to be giving away a $10 Xbox, Nintendo, PlayStation, or Steam card. To enter into this giveaway, all you have to do is just leave a comment on one of our uh, social media pages, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and the comment I want you guys to submit is constructive criticism for the podcast. We want a little bit of feedback. What do you like? What don't you like? So yeah, so just leave a constructive criticism comment and then tell me, you know, which card you want. And then I'm going to randomly pick one of you guys. Maybe I'll throw all the names in a salad spinner, spin around, I don't know. I'll figure that out. And then I'll pull out the name and I'll announce the, the winner and then you'll win a $10 card. Now, I know it's not much, but hey, $10 $10 can go a long way on Steam, or you can get a really good game on the PSN store. But yeah, that's just something I wanted to do for you guys, because like like I said, we really appreciate you tuning in every week. Thank you so much. May the best man or gal win.
1: Yeah, for sure. We we do appreciate all the people who have commented or listened or just whatever. Any support uh, means the world to us. Oh, by, by the way, Mike, can I enter this giveaway? Sure. Why not? Okay, I'm uh, I'm just gonna leave my comment right here. Um, first of all, uh, I think that as far as positives, I think that um, you know, this is a very good sounding podcast for people who haven't done this before, and uh, it's, yeah, it sounds good, good quality. Now for the negative, or I shouldn't say negative, for constructive Uh-oh. criticism comment, you know, there there could be there's room for improvement. Uh, particularly with your hosting.
0: Oh, of course, it sucks. I you don't have to tell me that. Yeah, I I need to work on that definitely. That, no, no, that's good. No, tell me more. Tell me more.
1: Now, no, don't let it discourage you. I think for pretty much your first full episode hosting, you've done a good job, and uh, maybe uh, you'll get to host again. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So, um, so that's my entry, and uh, well, when do we find out the winner?
0: Uh, next episode. So, okay, guys, cool. leave comments at balanced Gamers, drop a comment, give us your constructive criticism, and then pick which card you want. Then you'll be entered into the giveaway.
1: Also, I want to add another constructive criticism. So, that, that host that you guys have, Jacques, like, he has the stupidest sounding voice I've ever heard. So, like, maybe consider changing hosts. I don't know. Maybe you could do this on a
0: permanent basis, Mike. Oh, God, no, 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 this, no. This is, this is your... Ship you're the captain, but sometimes you know the lieutenant has to I, mean, I don't know why I'm thinking of Star Trek right now I'm thinking of Star Trek like sometimes the lieutenant's gotta sit in the chair. you're still the captain of the ship I, I I think you do a great job uh you're a lot better than me sure i've I've done a lot of YouTube videos in the past and I've done a lot of talking, but this is completely different. this isn't the same thing
1: i I'm the skipper, and don't you goddamn forget it
0: yeah I'm Gilligan yeah.
1: No, but for real, though, Mike, you do a phenomenal job editing, like something I could not do, so I'm just fucking with you. I think you know that. Hopefully, the audience knows that. He's
0: got some good points, though. He's got some good points. All right, so that's enough of that. I want to hear uh, Jacques' surprise mechanic for this episode. Jacques, you're up.
1: Okay, so, uh, as we've mentioned, we already recorded... This episode six previously, and we had some really good surprise mechanics, and it's super unfortunate that you guys will never hear those. So, (laughs) believe me, there was a lot. There was impressions, there was like voices, there was laughter, delirium. Maybe one day we'll uh, bring back doing the impressions.
0: It's gonna be a while because I have to surprise you again, so it's got to come out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. So I am coming up with a new surprise mechanic. It's nothing special. I don't know if it's as good as my previous one. But I'm going to ask you a question, Mike. If you could choose any game to be remade, what would it be and who would make it?
0: Hmm. It's already happening. KOTOR 1. It's being remade by uh, Aspire Media. Well, it hasn't been officially announced yet.
1: It's all but guaranteed. I don't know if it's going to be sort of like a hybrid uh, remake sequel. That's what it
0: sounds like. But yeah, I, I want to see that. I mean, the one I really want to see is KOTOR 2, but you got to do KOTOR 1 first. You can't just, we can't just, hey, let's remake KOTOR 2. Eh, frick one. <laughs> no, no, that's, you can't have that. So yeah, KOTOR 1, I'm sorry, I should say Knights of the Old Republic. Some of you out there might not know what KOTOR is. That's just the short way of saying it. Now you said, who do I want making it? I, I'm sure the current team is going to do a really good job, but you know. If you want me to just pick a random one off the top of my head, um, Obsidian. Ooh. Yeah, they did KOTOR 2, so why not? Let them remake yeah. the first one, then they can go back to their uh, project that they did back in 2004. Yeah, I think Obsidian would be perfect.
1: I like that. I think that's a really good choice, because I, I love The Outer Worlds. So that was my first encounter with Obsidian, and I know lots of people love Fallout New Vegas, so... Um, I don't think they have the time because they're doing probably the Outer Worlds too, but they're also doing Avowed, which is like looks like a huge um, RPG in and of itself coming up. Yeah, if I let me see, if I had to choose one, I would. I think I would remake Silent Hill too because that's a huge one that I want. Um, as far as who would make it, I could see maybe Bloober Team, you know, who did the the, the Medium, Layers of Fear, okay, uh, Blair Witch. Uh, I could also see possibly um super massive, you know, who did Until Dawn and the Dark Pictures Anthology. You know, you know it'd be even funny is uh if the one of the current teams who does like the new Resident Evil games like Village and uh 7 and stuff if they did it.
0: Yeah, Capcom, you know, let them do Silent Hill. <laughs> That'd be hilarious.
1: Yeah, Konami working with Capcom and Resident Evil doing Silent Hill. I think that would be kind of funny.
0: You know, uh, there's another game I, I, I thought of. Uh, it's probably going to happen, but, you know, l- let's remake Metal Gear Solid, the original. The PS1 definitely. game. We gotta, it's got to happen. I don't know who you want to work on that, but...
1: I mean, probably Bluepoint, right?
0: Yeah, Bluepoint. Yeah, Bluepoint Games. They, they've done a great job with um, some of their remasters and shit. I think they're up for the challenge, yeah.
1: They're definitely working on, like, two projects right now. One of them could be Metal Gear Solid remake. I really hope so. But I think another one could be Castlevania Symphony of the Night.
0: What was the last game they worked on? Demon Souls. Oh, it's Demon's Souls. Oh, okay. It was recent. Okay. Wow. There you go. Yeah. They did an amazing job with that. Not my kind of game, but, you know, for people who love the Souls games, yeah, it's fantastic. It looks beautiful. It, it, yeah, looks, it looks so gorgeous. amazing. But I was like, oh, my God, this isn't my kind of game, though. But I could appreciate it.
1: I, I didn't actually play it, but I watched some gameplay, and it looked like the best playing Souls game, too. Like, not taking into account like level design and all that stuff, but cause they actually didn't change much. So it's pretty much from software's vision, but as far as like the updated animations and just the, the smoothness, the 60 frames and all that, it looked, cause those games like are, I think they're kind of janky. Um They got better as they went on, but I've played Demon Souls or not Demon Souls, uh Dark Souls three didn't get very far, but I just noticed right away, like the, the movement and combat and stuff is pretty janky. And I don't know if that's by design, but that was one thing that really bothered me. And that's why I can't really play them, um, other than the fact that I just don't really like roguelikes in that sense. I'd say like 3D roguelikes, because I do like uh, Slay the Spire, which is like a card game roguelite.
0: How many hours do you have in that, Chuck? Tell, Tell the audience. Tell the listeners.
1: Oh, Slay the Spire? Uh... I'm approaching a thousand hours in it. I, I play it almost every day. I, I just fucking love that game. Yeah, if you that's have impressive. not played Slay the Spire, just go play it. It's it's on Game Pass. You might not like it, but I have a feeling it's gonna get its hooks in you. Especially if you like roguelikes or lights and you like uh card games, if you've ever played like Magic the Gathering, if you like that, um yeah, that's this is right up your alley.
0: All right. Uh, so is that it, Chuck? Is there anything else?
1: No, that's that's about it, man. I think we're all done.
0: Yeah, I did it, guys. Well, I'm not done yet. I still have to land this plane. We're in the outro now.
1: Actually, I, I do have something, Mike, and I'm sorry I stepped on your toes. But that's just okay. Remembered.
0: No, 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 no. Please, please you know, bring it to the table.
1: I just wanted to remind people uh, about our new segment we introduced last week called SharePlay, where the fan, the the not fans, we don't have fans. Who the fuck are we? Our audience, they get to vote on a game every month that we play and we will talk about it on the podcast. So, um, I've already had a couple, um, suggestions by Indy and, uh, Ashley. So yeah, just, uh, leave a comment on any of our social medias, any post, wherever we'll find it, but just, yeah, recommend some games for us to play and we will, um, eventually take the top three if we get enough, might just only be three. But then we will put it to a poll, and you fans, fans, I keep saying fans.
0: Listeners, the listeners. The
1: listeners, thank you, will vote on it, and yeah, we'll play it, and we'll talk about it on the podcast the following month. Just wanted to give people a reminder.
0: All right, guys, well, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Boundless Gamers podcast, and uh yeah, we just love you guys. Thank, thank you for tuning in every week. I, I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but we really, really do appreciate you guys, you know, stopping by to listen to us. You know, there, there's so much other things you could be doing in your life, but you take out the time once a week to listen to us. That just makes us so happy. And please keep doing that. But yes, uh, if you want to go check out our social media pages, um, go to Instagram, you know, Twitter, Facebook, at Boundless Gamers. We're very active on there. Um, You know, I haven't been too active with Instagram lately, but I'm going to change that. I'm going to post more on there. I got a whole bunch of cool shit to toss on there uh, real soon. But yeah, please go follow us on those uh, pages and uh, subscribe to this podcast because, uh, you know, the more clicks, the more subs, you know, the the stats will go up higher and then our podcast might get noticed more and and starts to trend all that good shit. Please help us climb up the ladder.
1: We're, uh, we're just in this for the money, so yeah, just go ahead and do all that stuff.
0: We're just rolling in that money right now, Jacques. You see all that money we got coming in? Look at that. Look at that. You can, you can smell it. It's like it's like blowing in the wind like leaves.
1: But uh, yeah, no, you nailed it. Great job on hosting, seriously. For the first time, not that bad.
0: Give it a rating. One out of ten. What is it? Solid six?
1: No, I'll give you a 7.5. All right.
0: right, seven. Well, okay, we're doing the point fives. All right. Okay. 7.5. I'll take that nice what about a 7.8 what's the difference between the 7 point oh let's not get into that no don't
1: get greedy dude i'll fucking knock it down to a five
0: 7.3 oh no five all right i better shut up now and end this podcast so thanks again guys for listening i'm mike i'm jacques and we're done episode six now we're gonna be moving on to episode seven not right now though because i'm gonna be going to bed because it's really late and uh i need to get some sleep so see you next week stay safe